Älskar du den här podden? Stötta den genom IKAs nya supporterfunktion. Det är helt upp till dig hur mycket du vill bidra med och det finns ingen bindningstid. Klicka på länken i poddbeskrivningen för att visa din uppskattning och stötta podden. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Varmt välkommen till Epic Lifestyle podden. Det här är podden för dig som vill leva i ditt bästa jag. Sofie Resare heter jag och jag är beteendevetare och holistisk lifestyle coach och driver företaget Epic Living Sweden. Jag hoppas att du har en riktigt härlig dag där du befinner dig. Kanske du är ledig och njuter av sommaren. I alla fall, nu är det dags för ett nytt avsnitt av Epic Lifestyle-podden och det här, ja, jag tycker det är så himla bra det vi ska få höra idag Fred Luskin, vi kommer in på det men jag är riktigt exalterad men innan vi pratar om det så vill jag påminna om träningsresan för kropp och själ som jag ordnar med Lena Berg 25 september till 2 oktober och vi åker till Kroatien och gå gärna in och läs på epiclivingsviden.com under fliken aktuellt där kan du läsa om resan den blir ja, jag ser verkligen fram emot den den blir riktigt, riktigt bra träningsresa för kropp och själ vi har platser kvar, vi flyger från Norrköping och Göteborg, så gå in och läs där men i alla fall, veckans gäst är Fred Luskin, intervjun är på engelska och Fred han är professor vid Stanford, han är ansvarig för det Stanford Forgiveness Project som han har drivit i 20 år och Alltså han säger så otroligt mycket bra saker i det här samtalet så det är helt, jag blir helt, det är så att det kommer av mig liksom när jag intervjuar för att han säger så bra saker som man vill bara sitta och, och tänka på det där. Så jag är väldigt tacksam över att få ha fått göra de här intervjuerna med, med de här olika forskarna vid Stanford. Trots min inte så bra engelska så rullar det på i eh, alla fall, de är väldigt generösa och hjälpsamma. Men det vi pratar om är alltså forgiveness och att forgiveness är som han säger it's making peace with the word no att, att kunna acceptera att ibland blir det inte som man har tänkt sig man får inte alltid det man vill och kunna hantera ett nej att, att sorg är ett viktigt steg innan förlåtelse eller innan forgiveness han, han jobbar också med Människor som kommer ur riktiga trauman. Det är alltid från relations, eh, dåliga relationer till, till folk som verkligen kommer ur trauma. Så att det finns ju hela spektrat eh, 
i hans, i de han, hos hans klienter. Men också att fysisk smärta kan botas av forgiveness. Man kan till och med undvika operation. För att gå omkring och hålla en negativ känsla eller många negativa känslor. Det, det blir en fysisk upplevelse till slut och det sätter sig i kroppen. Och sen kommer han med en massa hacks for happiness. Och vem vill inte veta vad som skapar lycka? Så jag hoppas verkligen du lyssnar på det här avsnittet för det jag tycker det är så bra. Och glöm inte att söka upp Fred Luskin på sociala medier. Det finns massa på Youtube och gå in på hans hemsida och så vidare. För att eh, ana riktigt, riktigt bra material. Om du uppskattar podden så gå gärna in i din podcasterapp och lägg en recension. Det betyder mycket för spridningen av podcasten. Och så hoppas jag att du vill följa Epic Living Sweden i sociala medier. Facebook, Instagram och LinkedIn. So Fred Luskin, could you, uh, first of all, it's a great honor to have you uh, as my guest today. Um, and, but could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit? I know you have a, a, a long record, but uh, feel free. Um, well, I mean, most people talk to me from different places in the world because of the work that I've done in forgiveness. Um, about 20 years ago, I became one of just a small handful of people studying forgiveness from an academic kind of scientific point of view. Of those handful of people, I think I was the only one really comfortable with the non-academic world, that there were a handful of us who published some studies, who would do some empirical work to show that forgiveness was health enhancing or, but I found that my interest and probably skill was just talking to people about forgiveness. And so of the academic psychologists. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I became the most social one where I would go out and talk and talk to churches and law groups and medical groups and just, just the very, very simple message that forgiveness is a good idea. And that the, and, and the other pieces that we academics have shown that you can teach forgiveness. That's the crucial takeaway from the academic work is that we could take people who had less forgiveness or not know how to do it, teach them how to do it, and then measure that it was good for them. And how come you became so interested in this sub subject? How did it all start? I mean, a couple of 
trains of thought around that. One, I had been very badly hurt and didn't know how to recover from it and used all the psychologist techniques and they were of no value. And kind of at that point, my wife nudged me and said, you know, like, this is ridiculous. Like, you're letting this thing bother you way too long, grow up, basically. So she pushed me, and I recognized that it had nothing to do with expressing my feelings or understand anything about how I felt anymore or why they did it. It was just let it go. So that was probably the one stream. The other stream is I've had a long-standing interest in like psycho-spiritual things and was getting my doctorate at Stanford when I had to come up with a dissertation. And since nobody was doing work on forgiveness and it had been really hard for me, I figured it was probably hard for other people. And so I used whatever handful of ideas that I got from working through my own situation and tested out empirically for my dissertation that I could teach it to other people. Mm. So those were the two streams, a longstanding interest in spiritual qualities and factors and wanting to show that spiritual practices worked, not just in an esoteric kind of exotic way, but in a you know, get down and, and, and in real life and my own personal wounding. Mm, I see. And how, how, well, um, how well known is it in, in, in the USA now to work with uh, forgiveness uh, as a technique? Is it well known? I mean, as forgiveness goes, it's much more well known than it was. Um, I, I, you know, in, in the U.S., certainly mindfulness has become the, 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 the practice that everybody knows. And I would say that's pretty in keeping with human development at this point, because most of what I see about mindfulness is in connecting with the self and becoming fully aware of the self's experience. Forgiveness transcends the self and gives externally without concern for the self, which is a much harder thing to do. Just like I see here in the United States that <laughs> even in the compassion world, I think more people are interested in self-compassion than in other compassion because most people are just more interested in self. Hmm. And it doesn't matter what you put after self, it's just self. So the, 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 the secular use of forgiveness is more socially acceptable than it was that I started. I mean, I used to get the, the hardest customers that I faced when I began this with therapists like therapists were the least receptive to my forgiveness work by far because a lot of them had rescuer um, fantasies that they were gonna come in and take care of all these poor people who were abused and mistreated 
Many of them had their own wounding that they hadn't resolved. And I think third, they knew that forgiveness would take away some of their business. Mm. Because you don't need to endlessly talk about things if you forgive them. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's an uh, interesting <laughs> thing, right? Yes, it is. It is. Um, but do you also reckon that uh, forg forgiveness is seen like something that you are weak? that you forgive it's a weakness you know our definition of forgiveness now is really simple it's making peace with the word no we i mean we've we've not seen it all but we've done research with a huge host of issues from one end of this globe to another And we were looking for what's the, the simple common theme of it. And just like everything else, it revolves around an inability of people to control the world and an inability of people to recognize that they don't have to have all their desires met. So when you have a, a very strong desire and low control, it's incredibly frustrating. And most of us, when we're in high desire, low control, react to that frustration with anger and pity. So we looked at that and saw, well, forgiveness is making peace when you didn't get what you want. Mm. Whether it's a horrible, you didn't get what you want, like your kids survived, or a little didn't get what you want, like you had to wait online at a supermarket but it all revolves around that simple central concept of you didn't get what you wanted. Mm. And um, what's the pr procedure when you work with a person who, who needs or, or wants to forgive something? How, how do you start? What's, what's the, are there any different steps? I mean, the two beginning points are one, to frame forgiveness so it's not threatening to the ego. Because we as our unevolved selves will do almost anything to make the problem outside of ourselves to protect our ego. So it's my mother's fault or my grandmother's fault or the world's fault or sexism's fault or everything. It's always a fault of something else rather than looking inside and saying the limitation is also with my ability to cope with my own life because it always is i mean i just to make an absurd example like i've had people say i don't know they went to visit their grandfather and you know he died and the grandfather was 83 and they act shocked And I'm thinking, how could you be shocked when an 80-year-old dies? That's what 80-year-olds do. So how can you be shocked when people behave selfishly? That's what people do. Mm. How can you be shocked when things are outside of your control? That's what things are. So a lot of it is simply just framing this as a normal question of resilience. 
then we go through a little bit of the health benefits and stuff so that people can feel more comfortable with something that ultimately takes them out of the center of the universe, which is why it's resisted. The ego digs in like crazy to be the center so it can survey things and like a wounded general attack those things that it feels haven't done well by itself. That's what forgiveness gets at, that, that tight, you know, center of the battle kind of thing, which is not, a, not the best place always to view life from. But do we always pass through like um, uh, revenge feelings and grief and so on before we can come to forgiveness? Or can we skip some parts? I, I don't think everybody needs revenge feelings, but there is a period of time which would be most easily referred to as grief that everybody has to go through. So, you know, if you look at Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages, even though it's been shown that people don't go through them in the order that she postulated them, most people have some degree of anger and bargaining and depression and um, denial in different forms and different ways. They go through all that. I don't know that full forgiveness can happen before some of those stages are, are, because I believe the mind needs a way to restabilize when it's been disrupted. I mean, again, we've worked with people who have had their family members massacred. So you just, you can't have that kind of information come at you and then go to the supermarket the next day because every schema and every understanding about life has been blown up. Mm. So it takes the mind can take months, sometimes years to restabilize. That's what grief is mm. at the end of grief though. It has to end. It has to be let go of. And I believe that that's what forgiveness is. It's the resolution of grief, which is I'm done. Like something happened, it was awful or it was painful or it was difficult. And now that's it. Um, it's just my life. But that requires um, some capacity to transcend that self-centeredness. I mean, I, I can imagine some people, they do it um, by themselves. And other yeah. people need... A lot um, of people do it by themselves. Sorry, I didn't hear. Sorry. A lot of people do it by themselves. Yeah. And other yeah. needs help. There was a study, um, I don't know, 10 years ago or, or less in the United States where psychologists, just like all the other professionals, are trying to make themselves more useful than sometimes they're needed. So somebody came up with, I think, called critical incident stress debriefing. And they tried to send all these people into areas where things had happened. And most of the time, the people said, go away. 
like this is life. But we'll get over it. It may not be tomorrow, but you know, we'll get over it. If we can't, we'll call you. So I think I think we are wired because everything dies and everything changes. We're wired to be able to adapt to death and change. We have to, otherwise the species goes kaput. So it's more uncovering what's natural to us, which we stop up, than it is teaching anything new. So yes, most people can just do it, but not a lot of people get stuck. Yes. Mm. And when you get stuck, it also gets physical. You get uh, pain in the back and uh, the heart pressure. Yeah. It I mean, like it's that? a full body experience. Yeah. If, you know, if the kind of the most common public forgiveness person that we get would be a woman like you who had a crappy ex-husband. <laughs> that, that's the biggest, um, that's the biggest number of people that come into public forgiveness classes. A, a woman who um, had a husband who cheated, who didn't take care of the kids, who didn't love them, whatever it is. Um, they come in and they're angry. They feel like they've given this guy the best years of their life. That, you know, they have both mental consequences, they're losing energy, but the basic rumination is it's not fair and that guy's a bum. So it's not fair and the guy's a bum practiced over and over have full body effects. Because mm. that's the way that they're holding life not working out the way they want it. So perhaps when people visit the doctor for a, for a bad um, back, back pains, perhaps it's like they need to go to the forgiveness class instead. You know, what you're saying is, I think, somewhat of a leading edge, and you have to be careful not to think that everything has a psychological cause. Some physical ailments have a physical cause. Mm -hmm. Some physical ailments have a psychological cause. There's, I don't think there's one simple formula. But I, I have a friend who has been teaching people not to need back surgery by in part learning to forgive and let go and make peace and get a good night's sleep. And he has found that if they practice these simple mental health qualities, a percentage of them do not need surgery. Mm, that's amazing. Well, but it, it, you have to understand the, the constant repetition of angry thoughts. Mm is very difficult for the body to sustain. Mm. Mm. It's a big subject. Um, it is a big subject. <laughs> yes, it is. When, when I did the research on you, it, I mean, there's so many uh, videos on YouTube 
so much great information and your homepage and so on. It's like, wow, how can I <laughs> just put this together to uh, something uh, more um, specific? Because uh, you have a lot. <laughs> so well, you know what makes it challenging is um, like being hurt and disappointed is very common to the human being. It's everywhere. Mm. So it's such a necessary teachable skill, but it's not really looked for enough. It's not that forgiveness is hard. It's that people don't necessarily orient towards it. Mm. So if you have conversations with friends, most of the time when we get together with friends, it's to talk about how bad other people were. How they let us down, how they disappointed us, how they lied, how they didn't do this, how they didn't do that. That's common. What's not so common is to get together and talk about how wonderful somebody was. So the, the brain that we have, which is so negatively oriented, is constantly rehashing life's difficult experiences. Mm. How can we, I mean, how can we pr prevent that with um, uh, some daily routine or do you have any um, ideas for, for, for us, for the listeners, how to not to get stuck in this negative uh, thinking, way of thinking? Well, I mean, you know, some of the simple answers are if you're in a relationship that you like with somebody, you know, every now and then tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Common sense. <laughs> or another thing is like before you get home from work, if you live with somebody that you like, you know, instead of running in the front door to complain about how tough your day was, Take a moment outside, calm down and come in and just ask them how they are. Um, there's unforgiveness people don't recognize is much more of a bigger question than just, did I have a crappy mother? What you're saying is when you don't forgive is on the whole, your life wasn't good enough. Because if your life was good enough, you'd let it go or you'd accept the difficulties that come with life. But what we're always doing is making an algorithm of, okay, I had seven good things happen to me in life, 207,000 things that I didn't like. I'm not going to let those go. But if you paid more attention to the good and you made that a focus or even uh, an effort, then when the unpleasant parts of life happen, you would have more of a balance. Mm. That's the simplest um, answer to your question. The other answer to your question is called compassion, which is to notice how much suffering is everywhere. And so watch and see that 
you're not the only one. And that this is a world where people hurt and suffer all the time. Be careful not to make it so much just about you. You get what I'm saying? So yes, definitely. The, the preparations are a simple realignment of attention, which is it's either all about me, which is the way most of us go through our day, all about me, or can we notice other people and other things so we see it more clearly? But do we also have to um, talk, if someone has hurt us or so, do we have to uh, talk to that person or is it uh, enough to forgive within ourselves? Depends on the person. Okay. Because let's say you're in a situation where you haven't forgiven somebody but they haven't forgiven you either. Mm. So talking to them may not help. Or let's say you haven't forgiven somebody who thinks they were right, that there's nothing to forgive. You just, you just took offense over nothing. Well, it may not help either. What is helpful is to have an internal awareness that I want to let go of my grudge that it's for my well-being, and I'm weighted down by it. Like, I'm just weighted down by this grudge, so I don't need it. If they want to deal with that, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine also, because I'm doing it for me. The one thing I can say is, if the offender apologizes, that's the one thing that facilitates forgiveness like nothing else. Mm. If they don't apologize, it gets dicier. But the thing that you have to be most careful with is you can't go to somebody and say, I'm going to forgive you, God damn it. Now you better sit down and listen to me because I have a lot to say. That antagonism does not bring out the best in people. No, because sometimes I hear uh, people that say, now uh, I'm going to uh, visit some people from my past and I will uh, for ask for forgiveness and, and so on. But perhaps those people have left those years way back and they, they don't want to talk about it anymore. And then well, someone shows up and, hi, it was 20 years ago and now I want to talk about it. Right. And that's their right. Okay. Mm. You know, it's, again, you have to look at it also. <laughs> We're making full life decisions to hold on to things. So let's, let's just say those of us like I see you who have plenty to eat, live in a nice home, have an education, a good job. Most of us could let go of almost everything because life has been so nourishing to us mm. but if you don't let go of stuff what you're saying is on the whole the good that i got wasn't enough like even though i have this 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 and this it's not enough to balance the scale 
that's not somebody else's fault. It's not. It's like whatever they did, it's not their fault that you haven't gotten back into balance. Mm. So to blame them for years is is an exercise in silliness, let's just say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not their fault that you haven't recovered your life. No. So, but when we hold on to it that way, that that bum, they ruined my life, that's a decision. So, mm. that's where it's not so simple. No, it's not. But it's very interesting. Um, you also talked about uh, uh, gratitude in one YouTube uh, clip that I saw. And uh, you talked about uh, r routines to be happy. What was the recipe for happiness? <laughs> From the time that I conceptualized forgiveness, it was a happiness intervention. It came out of the Dalai Lama's statement that if you want to be happy, you have to practice the conditions that bring happiness. It seemed very obvious to me that people who complained a lot about their past were not practicing conditions that brought happiness. No. So it, it's that, that took orientation that when conceptualized said to me, wow, I hadn't really thought of it this way before, but this is one of the real obstacles to happiness, is holding on to painful past things with some blame. Anybody who does that is going to be unhappy. If the Dalai Lama did it, he'd be unhappy. It's not, it's not personal. So I, from the beginning, forgiveness was conceptualized as one of those set of behaviors that is just needed for a happy life. It's, it, it's just an abstract concept that can be applied But if you don't apply it, what you're doing is just complaining about your life. So if you say, I never got over my ex, you're just complaining about your life. That's not going to make people happy. No, so, it <laughs> No. So again, and, and getting back to what you asked me before, I mean, a lot of this was just thought up conceptually which is like do you have to tell somebody that you've forgiven them and the what we asked ourselves was well what happens if the person you think you need to forgive is dead what do you have to dig up the body you know, and go to the bones i forgive you <laughs> so obviously that's not true so forgiveness can't have to involve another person mm. because i think that that could be if it was necessary to to seek up that person and, and say i forgive you or do you forgive me I, i think a lot of people uh would be more afraid to to start the process into forgiveness it is a relationship always but the relationship can just be in our head mm. But we are always in relationship with the people from our past. We just have to ask ourselves what the optimal relationship with that is. 
It can be accepting, it can be generous spirited, or it can be bitter. But it's still always a relationship. That relationship doesn't have to take physical form. I see. Um, mm, do you have any other um, tips uh, for uh, for um, improving uh, our mind <laughs> minds into um, more happy state? Or uh, let, let me. Um, I'll finish up with the two other aspects. Oh, yeah. Forgiveness that are necessary. One is we understood very, very early and very, very simply that forgiveness was nothing more than a change in story. That there is no forgiveness or unforgiveness outside of the story that we're telling ourselves. So if we frame that we were married to a monster, that story keeps us stuck. If we frame to ourselves, we were two people who made stupid decisions to join our lives together and then didn't have the intelligence or the guts to break it up when it was safe. And now we just created a mess, the two of us. That's totally different. The first one is going to fill you with contempt forever. The second one is much more objective. We made mistakes, both of us, and we didn't get out in time. Mm. So now we have a lot of cleanup. It's very hard to forgive from the first. It's not so hard to forgive from the second. We just made mistakes. It's just a story. Forgiveness is actually simply changing the story to one that's more benign or more forward-looking than backward-looking. The second piece is that forgiveness is integrally um, like together with stress management. When you're upset, calm down. Don't necessarily talk about it, calm down. So that's the, the essential need to quiet down when we are aroused, remembering people or things that have hurt us, can be practiced by anybody, as can the change of story. So if you're looking for simple tips for happiness, one, if you're telling a story that makes you angry every time you tell it, stop telling it. That's a good one. <laughs> like, duh. Yeah. And second, if you're angry, calm down. That's your responsibility. Chill, relax, mellow. Get it under control. That's not their fault that you're upset. So those are two crucial capacities that anyone can develop that make the mind and body more likely to forgive. How's that? Great. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, and and it, it's so natural when you say it, and you know it's common sense. And uh, but still. Well, let me tell you. We've been doing this for a long time, but our goal when we started: keep it simple, make it be common sense, and don't fight with anybody. Mm. 
Just put out what you know. If they don't want to take it, they don't have to take it. But it is based on the most common sense, simple ideas of, as I've explained to you, just you have a choice all the time. What you talk about, how you view it, what you say, and, and how it is that you treat your upsetness. Mm. It works. No, that's just the truth. And the book that I wrote, Forgive for Good, is by far and away uh, the biggest self-help book on forgiveness here in the United States. Because mm. it's simple. You know that expression, kiss, keep it simple, stupid? Yeah. That that's was our good. philosophy. That was our philosophy. I was afraid to, to, to say that, but, but you said it, so. <laughs> That's my philosophy. Anyway, you good? I'm good, thank you. You know, it was a great honor to have this chat with you. And uh, I know that you don't like to winter, but perhaps you <laughs> <laughs> visit Sweden in the summer sometime. <laughs> Hopefully. I would love to see some of the Scandinavian countries, say, from, let's say, April through October, right? Yeah, I think that would be perfect for you, July. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sophie. Thank you, and uh, have a nice uh, day to you. Here it's the evening, but you have, you have still one entire... I'm just leaving soon to, to get my day started. All the best, and thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Stort tack för att du har lyssnat idag. Det betyder jättemycket för mig. Och om du uppskattar det här avsnittet så dela det gärna till dina vänner och bekanta för att ja, goda budskap ska spridas tycker jag. Jag önskar dig en fortsatt riktigt epic vecka. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.